1: Hello and welcome to the Naked Professor's podcast. My name is Ben Bidwell, sometimes known as the Naked Professor and today I'm bringing a one-off special. Uh, we concluded with Josh and Michael and Pat last week um, in what was a really special conversation uh, across three episodes but today we've got one week to fill in January and Listen, it's not the right word to to use to say Phil because this is something that I've wanted to share for ages and it felt like it's the perfect opportunity to come at the end of those last three conversations. Because today uh, I'm sharing the episode, the conversation I had with Johnny Wilkinson, um, one of my heroes, my true heroes. Uh, I would have been about, I don't know, early 20s when he was helping England win the World Cup in 2003. And, you know, he was really that, that, the idol of English sport and the hero. And he was, you know, just a, a, a hero of mine. I can't say it any other way. So to find myself in this place to record a conversation and to talk mental health with him and to get into some of the stuff that we do is an absolute privilege for me. Um, this was recorded last March um, at the Live Well Festival. Um, a, an amazing experience in, that's become even more amazing given lockdown now to think back that we were there with thousands of people all looking to learn and grow about themselves and for me to kind of host this main event if you like and having johnny wilkinson there um, was just an incredibly special thing Listening back, it's been a while, but wow, it's just an amazing conversation. But I can hear my nerves at the very beginning. It's kind of difficult. I'm listening, going, oh, just put yourself together, Ben. put yourself together. But a little nervous. But yeah, it's it, um, it, I owned that. I, I shared that I was nervous, you know. And, and uh, wow, it's just a beautiful conversation. And Johnny's insight and intelligence around the subject was just incredible. So I'm. So, so excited to finally share this, so grateful for Live Well Festival, such a brilliant event to to, to stage this and to have me sit alongside Johnny and make this conversation come alive and just really excited to share this conversation. Why it matters so much to me is because, as we discussed in this podcast, Johnny's someone who fulfilled his dreams, you know, as a young boy he wrote out his dreams that he wanted to win the World Cup and play for the Lions or whatever the intricacies were, but fundamentally just, just go and achieve in the world of rugby and as he talks in this in this conversation as he says in this conversation the day after he won the world cup well england won the world cup was a very empty day for him uh, because it was kind of like is that it and for him to be able to sit there very few people can can say what he says in terms of he achieved his dreams and he knows that's not what his life is about because there was emptiness once it was done and we just got into this beautiful conversation about being being human beings rather than human doings and being defined by the relationship we have with ourselves, And for me, that is everything. That's the place that I've got to. So just to hear that from an idol, from someone who's achieved so much, was incredibly powerful. Um, He's an amazing man, an amazing man. I'll share some insights at the end once you've had the chance to listen as well. But um, for now, I I want to introduce Johnny Wilkinson. Um, I will say it's a live event, so you'll hear a lot of the atmosphere around the environment. We're talking into to microphones, but the sound is, um, uh, isn't is as, as pure as you'll normally hear in a closed environment. I hope you can appreciate that. The theme was around living from the inside out, so diving inwards. Um, and a big focus point of the conversation was to learn more about the journey that Johnny's gone into now, which is bringing out this kombucha brand, um, which just reflects the philosophy behind it, reflects everything that he's about now, which is health, wellness, presence, <sighs> generally living into this, this new philosophy of, of acceptance and being really, I can't go any further than being very present in the moment um, and not being def- defined by your identity, but actually the very moment you live in. So, yeah, all very much stuff that i love to love to talk about. It was a beautiful experience. And, um, yeah, I'm incredibly proud and honoured to share this conversation with Johnny Wilkinson from live from the Live Well Festival. This is going to be very much about uh, a talk not less about kind of the rational and the logical but more about kind of the present and and with the present actually how we feel and how i want to start that conversation off is just have a little check-in it's something that i do regularly with myself but also on the podcast that i run just to share how i actually feel in this moment um to drop into that heart space so um it's a nice way to introduce ourselves as well so if i start and then ask how you are yeah. um so, how am I? Yeah, I mean, everyone's looking at me. It's, uh, it's, it's scary. You know, I'm, I'm nervous. Uh, it wasn't that long ago that I was sat in these seats and looking at the people on, the, on, these, on these chairs. And it makes me feel a number of different things. Firstly, I say so nervous, for sure. But okay with that nervous, don't worry. You know, I'm okay with that. I'm used to this now, and I'm used to embracing these nerves. But um, with that nerves, I feel very alive, very privileged, and very proud to be sat in these seats. Um, there's a, there's an energy inside of me that that makes me feel very present, makes me feel very here. So, um, yeah, I'm just grateful to 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 be ready to have this conversation and to be sat here with with you now. So, yeah. How are you
2: feeling? Me, I'm uh, hugely excited to be here. Um, And that excitement, I actually, is palpable. Um, I spent a long time sitting in dressing rooms, feeling like if someone opened the back door and said, you don't have to play this game, you can run off, I would have run so many times. And it seems silly to say it now, when you spend your life and it's your passion, you love doing it. I'd have run away from 90% of the games I played had I been given that option. If you caught me at the right at the right or the wrong time, however you want to see it. Um but because of that, I've become much more uh in tune with with what I was feeling. Instead of calling it, giving it my label of saying I'm anxious or this or whatever, I'm I'm actually now just like, what is it I'm feeling? And and you said it yourself. I I feel alive. I'm sort of in that space where an old part of me definitely would have been desperate to know what's about to happen I wanted guarantees, I wanted to know it goes alright, everyone thinks you're, you're great and everyone laughs at what you say if it's supposed to be funny and doesn't when it's not and, and you walk out the room and everyone gives you a big clap and whatever you wanted all those guarantees now I, I, I'm loving sitting there without them and that's what I think about is is about being alive. The fact that the unknown is where the life exists. I know my potential is in that unknown. If it was known, it wouldn't be my potential, it'd be a limit. I don't want guarantees. I don't wanna know what's coming. I don't wanna expect anything. And that's the feeling I've got now is this is what it feels like to to sit in that moment rather than try and take that next step ahead of yourself and say, actually, I, you know, it should be okay. I believe it's gonna be okay. It's like, no, 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 I used to do that. I used to watch six for eight guys in changing rooms with scars on their faces, who have played 500 games. They're built like whatever you want to call it. They're walking around, but they're stood there beating themselves on the chest, saying, I can do this, I can do this, I'm looking, thinking, you couldn't see anything more fragile. And then you see someone in the corner who's just sat there just just reading the program. I played with a guy called Sonny Bill Williams. who I had to give him a nudge two minutes before kickoff, I was like, we've got a game. He's too busy reading the program. And then he stood up and I was like, oh God. I wouldn't like to be playing against this guy. Thank God he's on my team. And that was the point is that there was a guy who was living the moment with an excitement, a different relationship to the unknown than, than everyone else who goes on about self-belief and I believe I can do it. And I guess when you say, how am I feeling now? I'm in that space now where an old part of me would be desperate to believe, would almost be sitting there doing my routine of being like, it's going to be okay. But instead I'm, I'm loving what might be described as a bit of vulnerability, but it's not, it's, it's being alive. Mm. Wow, that's beautifully
1: shared. Yeah. And do you know what? Is there any fear for you now in that unknown? You know, you took because before it was very structured, it was being, it was the known, and you would train as hard as you possibly could so that everyone was, everything was aligned. And now you're sitting in this space where it's like, do you know what? I don't know. And I don't know how this conversation is going to go. Yeah. Is there fear in that for you, or have you learned to just be okay with it?
2: Well, when I started my career, I always talk about the time when I first started my career, I was, I mean, I played all the best rugby I played was when I first started. And it was just because I was at the bottom of a mountain looking up saying, oh, just what could I achieve? Who knows, but let's go have a go. And then as I got further on, the whole journey was about, look what I've achieved. I don't want to lose it. So for a massive part of my whole career was based on fear of loss, just that. I just don't want to lose what I've got. So that was the guarantees. I need to know that basically saying what I've done so far, how things are, are good enough. I'm not interested in how great they can be. They're good enough. I just want to make sure they're okay. And if I can sneak a bit more, then brilliant. And I think that was the, for me, that, that hugely based around fear. Whereas the understanding I came to quite quickly towards the, the end of my career was just that every time something happened that I did fear, it brought about enormous growth. Because every time I got what I wanted, I became smaller. Every time people are, I, I, at a certain point in my career, I was surrounded by teammates who were so scared of me. They just said yes to whatever I said. They weren't scared of me physically, but of the the way that people painted a picture of me, they came in and just sort of went, oh Christ, we better do that. So whatever I said, they agreed with. And I became smaller and smaller and smaller as the team did, because I just wasn't getting challenged in any way. I used to sit there in changing rooms, wishing that the, the team that's coming brought their second team. Or maybe one of their players is going to get injured or maybe they'll have an off day just because i wanted to sneak through it whereas towards the end there was certain changements being like i hope they bring it today because if they go to that level i've got to go to that level and i've got to find out what i'm worth so in a way there is no fear because whatever i used to fear is now what i'm craving i want to be challenged i want that feeling i want to know i want that feeling if if you know. If maybe there isn't the standing ovation when I leave the room, maybe it's pure silence. <laughs> I'm walking out down the middle, going, "Oh my God!" But then that's beautiful. So venture into a new space of life. And for one, so for so much of my life, I just wanted what I already knew. And basically, what you're trying to say is, well, if I've already understood it and I just keep getting it, I'm just going to get smaller. I'm going to experience less and less life. So no, in a way, I love the fear now. I just, and therefore, it's on the fear.
1: Where does fear show up for you? I mean, in the past, you're in the changing room with these six foot eight guys with scars all over their faces and you're looking around thinking, you know, geez, this is a challenge here. Yeah. Um, How are you embracing fear now in today's life?
2: Mostly physical. Right. So for that, I mean, situations where I feel physically might be a threat and and physically to my family, I guess, and to those around me. I think, well, not just family, but that family extends out. But yeah, mostly that. I I see things on a physical level. I have that on a, because the rest of it is my identity. And that's been my entire journey. It's just been realizing that when I became self important by that, I kind of, not that I thought I was great, but just that I really thought I knew who I was. That became, I confused that with physical safety. So this is a brilliant place. I've been around the, the event a little bit and just, it looks so cool. And so much of it, I think relates to, to stress. And, I've been very deep into this and the, the concept about as, a, as a, a an animal or whatever or a human being is that when you're physically under stress, threat, you deal with it and quite quickly it dissipates. But when your identity is under stress, all your goals and your ambitions and your position, your reputation, all the things you've got, you're constantly under a a bit less stress but constant drip feeding that stress reaction and and it just causes chronic problems and that's what I was doing I built myself up this is who I am everyone was writing about me everyone was saying this about me everyone was thinking I was this so I had this thing of who I was and it was no that became so sure that any threat to that if I read in the paper about another player who's coming up and doing really well I'd get panic attacks because my my identity was like literally like you're going to kill me this guy's going to kill me so I spent my life doing that, walking along, everything's fine. I'd hear someone on the radio, and suddenly I'm like, oh my God, I've got to, got to do something. That just got bigger and bigger and bigger, and oh yeah, I haven't hit the idea, and I certainly wouldn't. So I, I'd i suffered from mental health issues from about the age of four or five through to probably about yeah, maybe 32, something like that, and all of it was, was based on loss. But as I built this identity of who I was, it just came from everywhere. I mean, everything was a threat to, to me, and so I don't have that idea of who i am anymore um i've got nothing to lose on that respect but from a body perspective i have that's my route into life i don't really want to lose that Hmm.
1: i knew this word would come up quite early in our conversation but it's come up even earlier probably the thought but this word that that, that stands out for me right now is is surrender and that's surrendering to your thoughts you know we're all gonna we're we're tuned in to have these thoughts that are going to talk to us and tell us we're not good enough and tell us that we shouldn't be doing this because fundamentally those thoughts are trying to keep us safe right and um, surrender is almost the antithesis of what we're trying to be as men, particularly in a rugby environment. The last word, that you, the last thing you're going to associate with is surrender. But when we talk about the, the real you or the natural you, it's surrendering to those thoughts, right? And just being here right now. And, you know, when I shared my nerves and things like that, it's surrendering to nerves and acknowledging them, they're there. But actually, I'm just here, me, and just saying what I'm saying and having this conversation with you, and what will happen what will happen, and then we walk out. Yeah, and in that place is freedom with and and that's where for me this word surrender is such a key part and it was such a challenge because it was so anti-masculine if you like right it wasn't associated with anything that a man should be and now it's the key almost to my freedom and i think that's what you're saying really is is removing any of these thoughts or these challenges these obstacles these stories that are in your head and just being here having conversation right
2: yeah uh, definitely i mean oh, <sighs> It's quite interesting that I I used to really get angry with my thoughts, you know, things I was having constant, constant thoughts. And I realized that actually I identified, so my identity was I wanted to be the best ever. I wrote this down when I was young. I wanted to be the best in the world. Um, I had such black and white ideas of what success was and what failure was and what right was and what wrong and good and bad were. And at the same time I wanted to be the most peaceful being you could possibly have. Now this I, this, I didn't realize until I got deeper into it that all those ideas, that identity was controlling my thought process. So therefore I wanted to relax. On a night before a game, I just wanted to relax. I wanted to think of nothing. And I could not stop my brain. And yet my thoughts were, I wanted to be the best in the world. And my, my mind was looking around for any threat saying, well, hold on. If you, have you done enough? Have you done enough kicking? What about that one you missed there? What about that team? What about last week? Have you done enough preparation? Now I'm trying to tell my mind to let let go and let me be, but I'm the one that's created that identity. I wanted to be the best and now my mind's doing the best it can. So I think that, I think sometimes the ego gets a bad rap. It's just the mind is doing whatever we've asked it. But if we're not conscious of what we've asked it, we're not going to be happy with what it's doing. So I worked it out. And as I, and this is a, really interesting one that I had with some people was, I wanted to be so badly the best in the world. I wanted to be so, so good at what I did. And then I came across an interesting experiment where someone sort of said to me, and I'll relay it to you guys, was all that stuff you want in your career, whatever it is, there it is in your life, every wish you ever wanted right in front of you. Now, all you have to do to have that is just for the next 10 seconds, just don't think about a pink monkey. Just don't think about a pink mm. monkey and it's yours. And that was ludicrous because I'm thinking that's what I wanted in my career. I wanted to be at my best. I wanted to feel brilliant and beautiful. And yet I couldn't even control. Someone else owned my thoughts. Someone stood over there I'd never met before. Totally owned me. And on the field, I wanted to be totally responsible for my own performance. And yet I was owned by everything happening around me, whether... Um, I don't know, the coach said a certain word. Whether I read something in the newspaper, these things owned me instead of me owning my own mind. So as soon as I let go of that self-importance, suddenly if you say to me, don't think about this, I don't think about it. Mm. Because you get your your choice back. Now, that was an interesting realization. What's potential? I think this idea about you've got to fight for everything. People say things like, this is your... This is your opportunity. This is what you really want. This is your dream. You've got to fight for it. It's like, but hold on. If you ask anyone when you're at your best, what does it feel like? It's like, I feel effortless. I feel light. I feel engaged. I feel connected. I feel energized. Are you fighting? No. So if you really want something, why not perform for it? Don't fight for it. But the whole of life is built around this idea that fighting, like you said, is masculine. But the opposite of fighting is acceptance or surrender but it gets a bad rap because it sounds like giving in. But it's not, it's basically just saying that this moment now is as it is. Once I accept that, I can start doing something with it. If I resist it, like I did for most of my career, I spend my life angry, frustrated, and fighting, which if you ask me, how do I perform when I'm in that state? I'm reckless, I'm all over the place. Sometimes, it very rarely, but sometimes it works, the rest of the time I just cause havoc. Right. What about when you're at your best? Now, what would you choose? I'd choose to be like that, inspired as much as I can in my life. How much of your life are you spending like that or about that? So, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. You go into that space of vulnerable acceptance and it allow, it gives up this amazing inner environment of just opportunity.
1: Mm. Do you feel like you're getting owned by a microphone right now? Cause it's- it's,
2: yeah, I feel like I might need to break it a little bit or bend it. What's that like? People tell me. can you hear me if i'm here
1: yeah 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 we can all hear you fine it was only i could just yeah you can hear it no it's fine though it's all good try that um yeah you're good and so um what i find so interesting really about all this because obviously you you you, you've gone right into all this stuff and it's it's deeply fascinating and i'm totally on on board with everything you say and i think it's it's a a beautiful and amazing message by the way but and, and i feel like society is intrigued by it and wants to know more and it feels life is going more this way um is there space for it in a rugby environment do you, do you feel you know? Is this concept of, of surrender or acceptance that if you go out and perform your best with freedom and you lose and that's okay because you did your best? Is that is that
2: possible? Because it is a results-driven industry, right? I think the the best way to to talk about this from my perspective is just that it's it's already happening. Okay. It's it's not. Is there room for it, or is there not? It's just that it is already happening. Yeah. And for example, if you, ask, if you ask anyone on a field now, when they go out and, and sort of play and they're, they're at their best, whether they win or lose, you ask them how they are in that moment, they'll tell you, I already I feel beautiful. Mm. I feel engaged or whatever. So in that, in that space, you're already accepting everything. For example, go, before the game, I'd sit in the change room and think, "What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? What if that happens?" Oh, hold on! All these things to fear. Now, in the game, ten minutes into the game, all those things that were possible to fear are still there. They could still happen. But why? Are, why are we no longer stressed about them? Just because they've been accepted. So it's not that we need to accept is that when we're at our best everything's already been accepted anyway so it's actually it's not a case of trying to achieve something it's looking at what's already happening it, i'm i do this all the time you know i think if i'm having if i get fears about what's coming i just ask myself have i for one millisecond been able to feel great in the last day it's like well yeah then it's possible mm. it's already happening the, I, I like i said i go into this deeply but our bodies and everything is accepted to be here right now. It's why it's happening. The only thing that hasn't is the identity of who we think we are. And it's like, so I think it's really important to help people understand. It's nothing you have to do. You're already doing it. You just need to listen to the bits you're already doing. So, yeah, I, I, do I think there's point f- a place for it in rugby in terms of how you talk about it? I think you just have to talk about it in the right way. If you go into a rugby change room now and say, or any sports change room saying, how many people in this change room now are suffering from fear of failure? You'll get ninety-five percent hands go up. You go well. Hold on. Who wants to feel fully engaged and involved in the life and and feel excited about the unknown? You'll get hundred percent of the hands in the air. It's like well, let's go on this journey because whatever's happening right now, it isn't working. Because ten years ago, you'd have got ninety-five percent people saying I'm suffering. Now you'll get ninety-five percent of people saying I'm suffering. It's it's yeah. There is there is there's been no no great shift. Yeah,
1: just
2: on top of that. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Thanks. Freedom. Yeah. Hey.
1: <laughs> um, what about checking in in, in in that environment, you know, actually sharing how you feel? Because traditionally, is, you know, we I guess man up, you know, we've all, we're all feeling fear, but none of us would say it, and we'd crack on and, and get on with it. And um, for me, one of the most liberating parts of my journey has been to acknowledge how I feel and to, to, to understand I'm not defined by it, to understand it's just a temporary thing. And with that, there's freedom. You know, when I sit here and say, God, you know, the reality is I'm nervous. I'm sitting with this this legend who you know, everyone's come to see and, you know, who am I to conduct this interview and all these, these stories? Um, when I just own that, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty nervous. That, that's that's a form of freedom too. And, I, you know, in, in that sports world, can we, can we because we, I did a, uh, an interview last week with a footballer and he said that he felt that if, 90% of the time if you went to your manager and you said I'm struggling this week with something in my family life or you know whatever it is then 90% of the time you'd be dropped you're not in the space to to play this week and you know and we laugh and, and getting this, and it's, but it's also very sad isn't yeah, it definitely, yeah. because there'll be you share that someone sharing their truth but there'll be a lot of people in that changing room who are feeling the same but are just burying it and are carrying the weight onto the pitch whereas the one who shared it is at least then I mean yep. able to express it and move on right yeah
2: definitely the the um, from my perspective, it's, it's just about redefining certain terms um, because some of the definitions around at the moment I find are so illogical. For example, all this stuff you're talking about, whereas from a coach, if you just said, what do you, what do you really want? What's the sole goal of being a coach when you're a coach for a team? You want the best of every individual out there and you want the best, therefore, the best of the team. So you do anything it takes to get the best of that individual. Now, as a coach, if you've already got ideas about what the best of an individual is, you've decided their potential, then you're going to decide what's right and wrong for them. You're not going to get the best out of them. It's all about you. So the most open person around has to be the coach. Mm. So the person that goes on the biggest journey is the the leader that goes on that journey of of exploration. it's, It's amazing how many people get disappointed because they talk about, I know what I'm capable of. It's like, well, what sort of a life is it if you've already decided you know what you're capable of? Where's the inspiration? Where's the surprise? Where's the shock? Where's the awe? The whole point about potential is you've got no idea what it is. To claim that this moment we're having here, this talk is good or bad, has to be that we had an idea of how it was supposed to be. Mm. But you go through life with an idea of how life should be. You're not going to live it. You're not going to touch it. Mm. So as a coach, you, you, you have your idea of how you want it to be but not how it must be and how a player you'd like them to play, but not how they should play. And these, these, so much of that definition has become black and white. You know, the, the values of a team are, if you don't do this, you don't fit in. It's just about what liberates the potential of every person. I, I work with the, the kickers in the England rugby team and, and within five minutes, I can have them kicking the ball like they've never kicked it before just by liberating them. And I'll say, right, that was five minutes. Now, when you leave here, you've got the entire week. Imagine what you could do with the entire week. We just did that in five minutes. They turn up at the weekend like this. Well, what have you been doing with your time? The whole point of everything is to liberate your potential in this moment. Now, whatever that takes is right. The the point being is that Preparation has become a poorly defined term in that preparation is now about control. Instead of preparing the next, the, the future version of you to be absolutely open to exploring. So I look at who I consider to be geniuses on the sports field, and you watch them and they just flow. They don't have an idea of how it should be. They take what they get, they accept it, and then they just do something with it. And it makes you feel like this is, it's, it is. It's beauty in action, and I think I think when you look at those guys, you have to sort of ask yourself, well, "Hold on, how does a how does beauty look to a coach? What does grace look like to a to a player? What does it look to be like in that beautiful space of genius in the changing room before the game?" And I think you go into changing room nowadays. Like I said, I walk into changing room and I feel like this is it's it's definitely not beautiful. Fair. What I'm saying, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fear and a lot of Sort of musts and shoulds, and and survival, and get through, and make it through, and and you know all this kind of just. And then you ask yourself, what's happening on a bigger picture? And it's pretty much communities doing that to each other. Yeah, I totally hear you. And I think what what
1: what is so lovely about this journey that we're talking about, and all this stuff that you're you're talking about now, is that you're now putting this into the next stage of your life. Right? You've 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 learned a lot of these philosophies that you've realised serve you much better. That allow you to be much more present, which. You know, as we're discussing in the in the presence, is where the the beauty lies, is, is where the freedom and the liberation lies. And you're channeling that into the work that you do now, right? And and you know, this was a quite wasn't an easy interview for me in many ways, but it was easy in, in, in that I'm so in tune with your message, but also that the work that you're doing is totally aligned with all this message that you're sharing now, right? And that we, we use this as an example in that the kombucha brand that you that you've brought out is is very much um, One of the philosophies is about sipping it, tasting it, stopping it, drinking it very slowly, uh, actually embracing each you know, each moment you taste it, not just chugging it down, putting it down and cracking on, which we do with so much food. You know, I'm aware of it, sometimes I'll be on my phone with the TV on and having a conversation with, with a friend whilst I'm having this food and I, I might as well have eaten anything because I didn't taste one bit of it, right, because I wasn't present. So the philosophy very much of, of, of the work that you're doing is to bring all this, this stuff that you've, you've learned and, and you feel is serving you better in life, which I, I truly believe, and putting it into a product and trying to take that forward
2: into into your future. That, is that fair to say? I think we, we were lucky in that the product itself is a representation of, of this in a way, yeah. um, on such a deeper level and that we were looking to combine life with life from the beginning. The, the bacterial, the gut bacteria and the role of the gut in, in mental health, physical health is just, I mean, it's still being explored, but it, it, the potential of it is, is ridiculous. But on a bigger, even bigger picture, you're looking at a product that as it gets bigger and and grows older it gets better it, it gets more powerful now this is a message to society you just need to look at people walking around saying as 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 i get older life gets harder as i get towards the end of my day life gets it's you know, oh, i've had a long day it's like but this we've got something here which as it, as it's growing it's it's just getting bigger and even more vibrant and I think for that was a huge message. And also the other message was that we wanted to combine this life with life to understand that what, what we eat is, is essentially our body. It, it, I, as a rugby player and as, as a sportsman, you, you're almost convinced that this here has always been here and that food and, and drink, whatever, you just fuel it. And that this, this stays as it is for however many years and then it fades. But actually, as you know, science shows, the body is constantly regenerating. it's coming in and out of existence. Every cell is dying, coming back, as totally regenerate. What we eat from this big to what we are now is just the food we've eaten. So the very nature of like, the quality of what goes into you will affect your thoughts, will affect your sensations, will affect your relationship with the world, will affect your, your touch, your taste, your movement, everything the way you speak, the way you see other people, it's all coming from this body and it's all made out of this. So I was sat in a where you Like you were saying, I wouldn't care. I just opened up these things and just rammed them down. It was like, oh, whatever. Yeah, it's got to be energy. It's got to be 95% protein. <laughs> you know, like you're just all these kind of things going on no gratitude in the way that you relate to your food no eating it no respect for what's happened for that to get on your plate whether who's cooked it whether it's the life that's had to die for you to carry on living nothing and then people complaining about health and people complaining about waking up feeling a bit tired just a deeper understanding that none of this is by accident so we wanted to try and to to get deeper into that relationship at least at the very base just go for right we've got something living and alive meeting something living and alive joining forces to create a better and bigger experience of life and i think you know, I have a mental health foundation which works on the same basis and it's all about it's all about ultimately no longer about what's a good and a bad life just how alive can you actually feel
0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: which actually leads me on to a, a quote that you said which i just think is is beautiful is exactly what you said he said uncovering my true potential is what drives me i used to think it was about fitness and doing now i see that everything is founded upon health and being At the beginning, I figured a successful life involved winning caps, trophies, and titles. It was all about what I could achieve and how I was seen by others. Trying to be the best turned out to be such a small and limited journey when compared to the path of revealing my best. The stress-suffering sacrifice never ended in joy, just more stress and suffering, more pressure, anxiety, and depression. With a limited dimension to explore and the same intense energy driving me, my life has become full of inspiration. And um, yeah, I I think that's such a a beautiful and and wonderful message in in a world where we do live in in this very measurable existence of being defined by what we've achieved. I even heard you talk about your legacy. You know, we even think about when we go, my legacy will make me happy. (laughs) And it's like, well, you're no yeah. longer here. To, yeah. How's that going to make you happy if you're not here to, to exist it? but And we, as men, I think there's a huge emphasis on ambition and being, we've got to be ambitious. We touched on this before, when we were talking before, and that's healthy. And almost the opposite of that, of ambition for me, is gratitude. Yeah. Being present is just being here right now doing your thing so yeah can we talk about because obviously you've achieved so much and you will be whether you like it or not i guess you will be defined by a huge amount of what you've achieved because it's incredible but um what is it about i mean i I guess i know the answer but what is it for you now what what is how is fulfilling your true potential what
2: is what is the direction how are you doing this every day now Uh, i think um i mean the beauty is is that i can be defined by the outside but it's irrelevant Talk to, to me yeah like you said i i i don't have that definition myself in terms of fulfilling my potential i, I can't fulfill it i'm just i'm just revealing it and that's the, i guess the journey mentioned there is that you either go on a journey of life just trying to accumulate as much stuff as you can whether it be reputation whether it be respect or status or money or things or you go on a journey of revealing that doesn't mean getting rid of those things i think that's a misunderstanding that it means that if i need to find my potential i've got to give everything i've got away it's like it's not that it's just you can use the things to find that but it's sometimes helpful not to be too morbid but to go to the go to the best guess we've got of the end and start there and say well hold on what what would have been a life well lived what's my definition of a well life well lived and it's like well you could look at the most phenomenal room of stuff all my caps and england shirts hanging up and maybe have a roll of video going round and round of some stuff that happened you could be like yeah right this feels awfully small or you can go on a journey of being like well that room is endless and there doesn't need to be anything in it because you can't keep anything anyway you've got to give it all back including the body and it's like to just that understanding came to me at the end of my career to be like i was coming to the end of my career being like i'm gonna have to live on this and understand that what was worth it what was really worthwhile? Which bits were worthwhile? Was it the arguments with people? Was it the f- fretting over kicks I missed or things I should have done or being dropped? Or was it just that? Was it, it was actually enough for that one moment in the middle of the action where you just felt like I'm no longer me trying to play the game. I'm me, I am the game. I am the ball, I'm all these other people. I just am this. And that's when I think people, sports people talk about being in the zone is that you get a brief glimpse of the spiritual side, which is that you become, you, ex- you transcend the barriers of the body and you start getting confused about being, what the hell am I? And which bits of this am I actually doing? Because I saw that happening before it happened. And I knew that person was going to do that. And I knew the ball was here and I feel like this has changed. It happens very briefly, but for a moment, you just know. And I think some of the stuff you're talking about is a deeper thing to knowing, knowing not in like, oh, I've learned stuff, but knowing in that sense of when you occasionally get that feeling that you just know everything's okay. It's in here, isn't it's it? It's deep, deeper. yeah. And, and, and it, it goes beyond the lines of the body. You can't be someone living in a world of others who knows it's going to be okay because who knows what's going to happen? Mm. But the knowing comes from just being bigger than who you are. And I think that's the journey. It's revealing potential. It's not revealing what I can do. It's revealing what I is that it's not actually trapped inside this body as we're led to believe you know it's it's not from my experience that's not where it starts i know this is much much deeper than maybe we're supposed to go but from my perspective that's life that's the point of life is find out how big this eye is don't try and reinforce it with things and decorate it with stuff but find out how big it is and sometimes those things are great vehicles for, for finding out how big it is. Mm. But moments like this, when you're sat there and you're maybe looking at people, I think there's a few faces going, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> but what a great way of revealing that. Cause maybe I'm thinking, oh, that's made me feel a bit like this. And what an amazing feeling. I'm feeling a bit like this. Why am I feeling like that? That's interesting. I've got that belief, but that's ridiculous. Oh my God, I'm growing. As opposed to being the guy that walks out and's like, cheers guys. You know, thanks very much. I'm on the way out. It's like, no, be that, that space of every moment in life has an opportunity to go deeper. Or you can come back to the top and just say, "What have I got? What am I worth? And what does everyone think of me?"
1: I think that coming from someone who achieved their dreams—I mean, I'm guessing as a child, your probably your biggest dream would have been to play for the Lions, win the World Cup—all these kind of things that you achieved them all. And it's easy for someone who hasn't achieved their dreams to to sort of say, oh, "I don't poo-poo this stuff because if I get there, I know I would be happy." You know, actually, that's really <laughs> yeah. what it would be about. Yeah. you you've done you've done these you've, you've ticked those boxes. And really, that's that's. I mean, not to not to say what you haven't done, you've done is is, is is not incredible, but but it's tick, you take the boxes. Really, it didn't make you feel everything that you're capable of feeling. It was great, and it, there were things, and they were brilliant, but it it didn't take you into the depths of what you're trying to.
2: No, view. But, but this is just the point is that the worst thing you can do in life is arrive. Yeah. Just get there. Just arrive in life, and then see what it's like. Now, everyone might say, "Yeah, but you achieved this." I've I've had people say that to me young kids players maybe 19 they're like yeah but it's all right for you to say that because you want a world cup you dropped a goal in the last second i mean what more is there i'll tell you what well, the following day is one of the lowest days i've ever had because the whole process of life is that when you get to the edge of your boundary where you say this is who i am and you bang against the end you suddenly go oh i made a bad call you know and i think everyone here has achieved things they wanted to achieve how did you feel afterwards was that enough no well then don't why is it any different when someone else achieves what they want and it's not enough? I think to bring it down to an interesting, hopefully interesting analogy for you guys. For me, it's interesting is that the whole point of that identity I said about getting to the edge of you, you who you are and you hit the limit because you arrive and you suddenly go, what, a, this isn't right. You either two experiences, you either get everything you want or you get so little of what you want. You end up in the same space. It's the same feeling. And, it's a bit like being in a car showroom, if you're into cars. And you've got enough money in your pockets to buy any car in that showroom. And the, and the number of cars in that showroom is infinite. There's different cars, different colors, different sizes, different this, different that, and you have you feel like, oh my God, it's so exciting. I can, buy any, I can buy any of these. And you're walking around thinking, and then you find one, you go, this is the one. And you spend your money and you're sitting and you go, oh yeah, and you drive it out the showroom. And you see someone else going into the showroom with their pockets full and you can't help but envy that person. And you can't help but feel like, this is amazing in my new car, but ah, it's not as good as it was before I chose it. This is just the point with me with that identity is that when you're young, it feels like I want to be this guy. And you start driving around in that identity and you're like, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. But slowly you're like, it's getting old. I want it to change. And you start trying to put a spoiler on it Mm. to be a bit younger. And you're like, it's not the same. Mm. And then you're looking around at everyone else. It's like, I want to be, and you you go through your crisis of being like, I want to change. I want to be someone else. The thing is, is that with choosing an identity is that you never actually buy a car. You just test drive it Mm. and you can change it whenever you want. You, you, you actually never leave the showroom. We'll spend an entire life going, I could do that one. And you live it for a bit but you never leave you you actually have a virtual experience of identity because we never are who we think we are it's a joke you're just virtually test driving these phenomenal cars and if you're driving it, you're like I hate this well then stop driving it pick another one but we all maybe in society this thing is be who you are don't ever change for anyone people saying I am who I am I'm never going to change it's like well stop complaining then if you chose this car yeah if you're responsible for who you are you chose this car and if you didn't then choose a new one and I think that the, what I did for a long time was, to use the same analogy, I wore the rugby shirt, same analogy as the car, and I was wearing it everywhere. Go back home and eat food with my family or whatever, and i would be there thinking about the game, and I just wanted to enjoy the food. It's like, well, take the shirt off. Be no one. Be absolutely no one and realize then you can be anyone you want to be in any moment. Don't have to be who you think you are. Don't have to wear the same shoes you wore when you were 10 years old. Change them, they don't help anymore. That's freedom. And essentially, the freedom is is that if you're no know one, you can go anywhere you want. Yeah.
1: You know, I I, I would love to hog you and ask questions <laughs> the whole time. I'm sure we're going to have some, some questions in here. But I fundamentally just want to wrap this part up by saying I think, you know, that the headline of this was, was living from the inside out. And that everything that you just said is embodying this perception, uh, perception that actually... The relationship we have with ourselves is, is the most. How we feel within what's what's going on in there is this is the crux of life. This is what's going on. It's not about everything else that you can achieve and tick and show and all the rest of it. What's that relationship like with yourself? And to and to live in that, you've got to you've got to know your your values and, and know who you are and strip away all the all the rubbish.
2: I think I think it is, but it's really important to also know that because it gets confused sometimes with that idea that you then become just like a witness of your life. And it's for people that like to sit on hillsides and 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 close their eyes for twelve hours a day, but it's not. It's 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 the experience of life. It's a way of integrating into the stuff, and and that's the beauty of it. I think it gets misunderstood that if I want to be like that, then I have to step back and watch all these other guys go off and do it, and I'm there going, mm, "Isn't life great?" But it's not. It's 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 not about. It's not about being peaceful it's about being fully engaged Mm. it's not about sitting back and being quiet and watching life it's being so deep in life that there is quiet and this is again going back to a sport sporting being in the zone is that there is pure peace in chaos everything's happening and yet it's like it's like silence Mm like I said that knowing Mm. and I think that's really key is that yeah this you're right it is inside but when you go inside for me anyway work out work inside out you realize there's never been an out it's all inside Mm. and I think that's the revelation it's not about there's me living beautifully on the inside and I have to ignore the out it's like I realize that the further I go in the the more I expand out Mm. and for me that's the that's been the beauty like I said I've only got basically two stories one is when I was Properly lost, and one now when I still have to do pretty much what I have to do. I still have to perform and I still do things, and, and I wouldn't swap this moment for anything. Beautiful. Thank you. Pleasure. No, enjoyed it.
1: Um, I don't think we're finished, but we're, we're going to open this up to some questions. Have we got a microphone? Or how, we've got two, two questions. Two questions. We've got two questions. So, um, can I let you choose? Do you want to.
2: <laughs> I don't want to on you.
1: On this. Um, how, am I choosing? Well, I mean, Richie's such a great friend. I I, I have to ask Rich. Oh, microphone. Is it gone? Can you hear me? Yeah? Richie. Um, Is it working? Check. There we go. Uh, so, you mentioned uh, as a young fella, you wrote down your goal. You, you want to be the best. Um, with the growth and the experience and the knowledge that you have now, if you were to take that and be the young
2: fella again, would you still write the same goal or would it be something different? I'm going to answer this in a, in a slightly different way. Um, but, hopefully, get to the point is that two things single minded focus. Part of that kind of inner inner peace allows for single-minded focus. With single-minded focus, anything is possible. People sometimes say you can't you can't sort of beat the guy who never gives up, but it's not that. It's about if you have a single-minded focus about what I want to happen next and what I'm doing about it now. Nothing. You're unstoppable because it because I accept and here I go. I accept and here I go. And that's the that's all that creates is just taking in the information pinpoint this is what i'm doing with it so that desire is huge what i would have done if well and the other part of it being so no i wouldn't have changed anything because this is how i'm supposed to be now i wasn't supposed to be like that then this is how i was supposed to be then but but the other part of it being is that if you're put back in the same body as a kid with the same way of looking at yourself the same way therefore of looking at the world the same way therefore of feeling about it the same way therefore of of doing what you're doing you'll get the same things. You can't go back into the same idea of who you are and have the same way of looking at the world and the same feelings and do something different. This is a beautiful way of accepting is saying people worry about what they've done in the past. But there is, it's all about how you saw yourself then and how I saw myself then I was supposed to so that I can see myself now. But also I'm not linked to that person. I love it when people say about me in the past. I've never experienced the past. I'm just here now you see a photo of me I'm like it's not me there is just now I have so many beautiful memories that I can use but if I align myself to those memories as who I was I'm tethered by them so if I think that's who I was it's like pulling on me whereas if I realize that that was a version of me and I have all the memories and data then I can be all I want to be here and have all this information so I've I sort of I like talking about the past because I mess around with it, but at the same time I wouldn't have changed anything because that single-minded focus was key. It was, however, going to run into a brick wall at one point. Yeah, and that that's what happened. Basically, you get to the end of realizing that shit. This is this is going to hit hit hard, and I'm going to fall fast. But then here I am now. I
1: feel like um, <laughs> you might you <see> your. your <laughs> You're always going to be better known as a philosopher than a rugby player by the end of all this. <laughs> so a madman, yeah, one of the two. <laughs> Have we got one more question? Yeah, thank you for taking the pressure away from me. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just want to know, what is one thing you would give us as a piece of advice that we could take away from here right now to become more of our true self to be?
2: Um, the, the, for, for one, what I'm talking about now from my experience is everywhere so many people going down the street everywhere you look there's people talking about it the answer is in experience. the difficult thing is is making sure you're looking at experience and not looking at your own beliefs because the answer is not in beliefs. the limits are in beliefs but the answer is in experience and one of the first questions that comes is have you ever experienced in your life anything other than here and now then you have to question your belief in a past because this is the key about what we we're speaking about earlier about that idea about don't think of a pink monkey is that your mind has lost control whereas because when, you, when I convince myself that I've had this amazing this, this past and it's who I, was, who I was who I was who I was then my memory is owned by that past I don't own it now that's what I meant about your identity owns your way of thinking by focusing just purely on the now, I then become me now with amazing memory and incredible imagination. If I convince myself I've got a past, then I become me now tethered to my past and being led by my future. The difference is being here now with memory and imagination is infinite possibility. Being tethered to a past of who I was and how things have to be is a life of going through the motions. And the way I'd sum that up is probably best by saying, I had a period of my life that I was injured. I talk like this, even though, you like I said, my life and my past, or whatever, but I had a period of my life where I was injured for four years and if you caught me on a good day and said, how about that four year injury period? I'd be like, oh, it's amazing. It opened my eyes to so many things. But if you caught me on a bad day and said, how about that four year injury period? I'd be like, it cost me 50 games for my country. I could be the record holder now. What a waste of time. But you're like, well, hold on. All of us believe that we're a result of our past, but I've just given you two different stories from my past. So so I'm not a result of what I've been through. What I've been through is a result of who I am now. And I know that's a difficult concept, but understanding that actually how we are now affects our past. It's not the other way around. So when I learned that, I was kind of like, well, this is crazy. If I can just be whatever I need to do to, to liberate myself now, I liberate myself completely, No, so in a good mood your future looks great, in a bad mood your future looks terrible, but well, which is it, it's just your mood, and where's your mood happening, here and now, and why is your mood happening, because my old idea of me is telling me you shouldn't do that, and you shouldn't have done that, that person can't talk to you like that, and oh god well done you've won, it's like well hold on, someone else is living my life for me, identities are great but they live your life for you, So people with huge identities often complain about having no space pressure no freedom no ability to do what i want to do too much responsibility people with no identities have freedom it doesn't make you any less effective at what you're doing if that sounds of any interest i went a bit all over the place there so when you say just one thing i'm like oh no which one is it (laughs) i think all of that is deeply powerful i I think um
1: I mean you, you won't think too much about it, but you, there's so much intellect it's it's, it's incredible to to, uh, to hear all this stuff I don't think anyone in this room probably realized the amount of information there is <laughs> within you and I'm sure that's just touching the surface you know yeah it's um, it's phenomenal um so thank you Can yeah. we, can oh, we have a, a quick check out? Yeah definitely how we're feeling um, Sorry putting it's going on just oh you want more question okay yeah yeah one more we've got one more. Who's who's you go? You go, Johnny. Johnny sorted it out. Oh, uh, hi. Um, I was wondering, you talk about the fear of going on to like playing professional sport not being a good thing, but do you think that the fear in life and in sport is what drives us to try and achieve?
2: Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. Um, And it really, for me, it comes down to two ways of looking at it. Um, When I've been at my very best, if you ask me, how do I feel? I don't feel feel fearful in any way. I feel present. I feel fully engaged. But the other way of looking at it, I guess, is that fear is getting to where you want to go by moving away from where you don't so it's an accidental journey so i did that for a lot of my career it's it's by moving away the the journey of moving away from where you don't want to go and the journey of going to where you do are not the same journey fear is a bit of a blind journey in that you've got your back to where you want to go you're too busy looking at where you don't and you're hoping you'll end up somewhere near where you want to do where you do want to go um, and as a result, it's, it's, it lacks a conscious edge. It lacks the energy, the proactive energy of inspiration, aliveness. I mean, you do feel f- fear, that kind of spike of aliveness in that physical fear. But for me, it's quite an interesting one because it was two sides of my career. One was hugely inspired. The other one was, was fear-based. But on the field, there was only one space I was in. I was never fearful when I was actually doing stuff. And it's kind of interesting that you get like uh, kickers in rugby. They'll be running around playing the game and they look absolutely graceful as anything. They're just in, in they're in the moment running around and the referee blows his whistle and says, penalty. You've got to kick at goal. And suddenly the kicker goes from this space of absolute beauty to starts walking around like this. And you're seeing them, you say, well, a minute ago, you were capable of doing anything. Some of the most difficult things, you're just, you're just, managing beautifully and now you've got to do something that you've been practicing your entire life and look at you you stood like this as if you're gonna suddenly fall you know, f- fall apart the idea being is that as soon as you add fear to it you lose that space of creativity inspiration and flow you lose that that insightfulness so fear and anger and frustration are also journeys where you've already decided what the destination has to look like so like anger is, and is another good one is that people say well what about anger you say well hold on if you're angry you're basically saying this shouldn't be like this I need to make it as it should have been which is not making it all it can be they, occasionally stuff happens when you get fearful and you get angry so people think well let's just stick with that but I think health struggles quite heavily with it as well and also you end up affecting a hell of a lot more people around you through fear and anger than you do through flow and creativity Brilliant. Um, every
1: time you you, you you speak, I'm tuning in. I'm trying to, like, I almost want to write all this stuff down with my notepad. Um, it's incredible. Um, let's have a quick check out and we'll wrap,
2: yep. we'll wrap things up if we can. Do you want to go? How are you feeling? Um, I feel like I've had a bit of a download, if you know what I mean. I feel like uh, something came out of that space about everyone being in this room or whatever that's, that's led to something. But on the whole, in the inside, I feel pretty much the same as I did before I started. I feel pretty much excited about whatever's going to happen next. Mm. I'm kind of excited. Maybe on the way out, I'm going to speak to a few people. Maybe I'm going to see some of this place. I have no idea. And I'm kind of really excited about that. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Go and explore. Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: Thank you. Um, I feel this this kind of mixture of um, sadness that it's over and relief that it's over. (laughs) You know? (laughs) it's like i haven't right. screwed this up <laughs> but that probably won't ever happen again in my life okay. which i know is just my thoughts <laughs> you know but yeah. one experience for me to to sit you know right. uh, um and have this conversation so i'm 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 very grateful it happened but yeah it's um just all in all a, a beautiful experience yeah i agree and, and a, yeah really cool a, also one that I'm really excited that there's, there's, a, there's a man like you championing this message and sharing that people will want to listen to. You filled this room and people have just heard your message, which I think is such a powerful one for humanity and, and going forward and, and helping people to actually live in a more present state all the time, which is a great avoidance of depression, anxiety, all these things. So I, the help that you're going to give people fills me with, with, with a lot of hope. and cool. um, um, Yeah, so thank you very much, Johnny. Uh, big round of applause, Johnny. So at the end of that conversation, um, I got the chance to kind of, you know, have a a quiet word with Johnny again. And just, I remember saying to him, just like, wow, you know, wow, I was blown away, blown away by his intelligence and his understanding, his perspective. He clearly dug so deep into this work. You know, And I, I was, I'll be honest, sitting in that space and I felt at times it was my job to try and try and translate what he said in in as a a relatable way as I could because his level of depth and understanding around this stuff probably goes beyond a lot of people's understanding including my own so I'm trying to translate it into my own understanding as well but um, just incredible and I I actually said to Johnny I said like um, I wouldn't be surprised and I said this in the interview as well but I really wouldn't be surprised if if he continues and chooses to share this knowledge that he has inside of him, if he becomes just as well known as a as a, as a philosopher around this stuff and as a voice, an expert in the, in the field of, of mental health and health and wellness as a whole, um, as he was in his rugby career, which was at the absolute top and peak of the game and across the world. Um, so much intellect. It was amazing. It was an honour and privilege for me just to sit and listen. Um, I just felt in sitting there listening, his passion, because just felt this this energy that he was just tired of living this life of fighting and grinding and hustling and practicing and doing 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 and he'd done it for 15 years in his rugby career and it led to many injuries and stresses and worries and a lack of presence I don't think he'll mind me saying not that I want to speak on his behalf but perhaps a lack of presence and how now just to learn acceptance acceptance and surrender into the, the very present moment not to be defined by his identity in anything more than other than where he is right now. And there's freedom in that for him. And that's, I think all he seeks is that full spectrum of, of surrender into nothing more than, than who he is now and freedom that brings him is powerful and beautiful. So, wow. Yeah. Real honor, really powerful moment, a defining moment for me really to sit on that stage and to have that conversation, um, so I'm really honored to share it. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, one other thing that I'd love to share at the very end of this is that I really, really resonated with Johnny's analogy of, of when he plays rugby, the fear he had inside of him before, which definitely was present in me, even though I never played at a good level. There was still fear. But then once I got on the pitch, and as Johnny said, once he got on the pitch, there was no, no fear anymore. And that's because there was just presence and there was acceptance of all the fears in that moment it was just happening now it wasn't in our heads it wasn't being thought about and I think that's a really powerful analogy you know so many of our fears are are wrapped up in our heads when it actually comes to it it's we're okay and actually how much of our life we live in our in our heads in, in fear and actually can we really really surrender and just just live in a more flowing state and that's what whole conversation comes down to for me is choosing to live consciously learning to live or unlearning our previous values so that we can live in a present state of flow and enjoy that moment without expectation but just with acceptance and that for me is beautiful and it's something that I'm constantly trying to work on so to sit in that space and listen to Johnny I, I take a huge amount from it myself um and an honour and a privilege and I hope you enjoyed it so Johnny's Drinks brand is called Number One Living Um, if you're anything like me I just love what the brand stands for I think it's beautiful and amazing I love the journey he's on I want this message to go far and wide because I think so many need to hear it I'm excited for what he can do for more people to hear his message I'm excited to see if he can have an impact in rugby Um, and to follow what he can do with his brand and to bring that philosophy alive through that so yeah thank you to Number One Living for bringing this conversation alive thank you to Johnny for Everything for being all he is, and, uh, and for sharing them, his message and his insights with me. Thank you to LiveWell Festival for just a beautiful, amazing experience. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much, and we'll be back in next week with another roundtable conversation. Uh, this time, another very different conversation. So we're going to bring something new to you: but a lot of vulnerability, a lot of raw and open emotion. Um, so, thank you. Hope to see you then. In the meantime, if you want to rate, review, and subscribe. And support us in any way you can. I'd be really grateful. Uh, I'm the Naked Professor on Instagram. Podcast is the Naked Professor podcast on Instagram. And uh, yeah, if you want to share, I'd be very grateful for the, any support. So thank you.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.